Welcome to the PC Moving Car Podcast. I'm Aaron and I'm here with my mother Lisa. Hello there. Hello. And um, yeah, well, there there is a time and place for everything. And there is there is a nexus when everything comes together and it finally happened. My mother saw the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings uh, movies, which I would never I, I I never thought that this day would come, and so <laughs> so we are actually talking finally on our podcast. We are talking about the Lord of the Rings, which uh, I have a long history with, and uh, yeah, I, because I saw them already when I was younger, and um, uh, and I, I really liked them. But you, but my mother, you have never been really a fantasy movie cover like you you have you don't really like you like in the past we already talked about that you don't really like sci-fi movies like you don't want to go into space and do those stuff but you also haven't really watched fantasy movies so much yeah no i i really can't understand the idea that somebody would invent a language and then i should have to look at it and hear it it's really boring <laughs> <laughs> Well, what about all the real languages in the world? Why? Why? Yeah, that's what I think. Immediately, I thought that okay, but then you can use if you learn Portuguese, you can go to Portugal. But where do you go when you learn Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I think you go into these fan <laughs> fan events where there's other fans who also talk uh, Elfis or something, and then you can talk with each other. Uh, only with the fans. <laughs> yeah, like these uh, comic cons. But I really tried. You know, I have a long history with this uh, Lord of the Rings. I tried. Ah. I, yeah, you know, before you were long before you were born, mm -hmm. I I bought the when they came the books when they came this Tolkien books when he wrote I, them and published them. What? Yeah, when he wrote them and published them. Yeah, yeah. Up, then yeah. I don't remember. Then when he wrote them and when they were published, I I was living abroad. And I bought them in English. I, I went to the bookshop and I bought immediately the three, three, there were three books and I bought the whole set. And I went happy, wow. happy home and started <laughs> to read it. And on the first page, I <laughs> on the first book, because they're so boring. I don't understand why I should go into that world. It's, you know. It's so, I gave them away. I gave them after one page. That's, I gave that's them away. Funny. Then yeah. I tried again when you were a teenager and you started to look at them. When, so the, we when, sat the, to, when the movies what? came out, you mean? The movies, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Mo when the movies came. Mm -hmm. Then I took you, you were maybe 15 or something. I took you to the movie theater in Tornio and I sat with you to watch this first one <laughs> there and I. I slept in the first half hour, and you were very excited, but I did never saw that feel. <laughs> so I tried. I don't even remember you sleeping. Yeah, well, maybe I was so, so much, so, so much. Yeah, maybe I was so much into the movie that I didn't. So the the next attempt is now. No, <laughs> after thirty years. <laughs> no, thirty years, fifteen years, or something after that. So, it happened to me now when it was uh, midsummer, mm -hmm. and they, they showed them in the television, the whole set. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Hobbits, I think they showed. And so I thought, okay, this is a nice midsummer thing. 
And uh, yeah. I watched this uh, first one from The Hobbits. What was that? Setting on the journey. Or the something. unexpected journey. Yeah. On a, yeah. So I saw that, and I thought it for fun, like and. Or it really it was fun because I suddenly I see all these famous actors dressed very funny. <laughs> they, know, they, put, they had beards and things, you know, kind of costumes on them, and they talk to each other very, very solemn, like woo, 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 and the music also. And I was laughing so much at what are these people doing? Because I have seen Kate Blanchett in Carol and all the serious films, you know, but suddenly yeah. she's an elf or, you know, a fairy. <laughs> Something like that. I was laughing so much. But then I got into it. Very strange thing happened. No, I got into it. Mm-hmm. And I started to follow the story, and I forgot that there are those. Funny, though uh-huh. that is funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, Magic really, happens. there were some things which I loved very much, very much, and I wanted to see them again there, like this main, main uh, wizard, you know, this the I man am, uh, with the beautiful hat. You mean Gandalf? Big, yeah, Gandalf. I am Kellen. Yeah. Mm. So I so I like him so much. <laughs> I want to see him again and again, and then. Mm. Then I saw also this Orlando Bloom. <laughs> he, Orlando Bloom. I yeah. Yeah, he's really he's born to be a fairy. Yeah. <laughs> he really is fantastic. <laughs> and and the most I like of all of them, I like this Gollum. This uh, oh, yeah. Sir Alan Serkis. What is he called? Andy Serkis, I think. Yeah. Him, I I love that character very much. Mm. He draws, he, he gets my sympathies. Mm. I like always the ones who get my sympathy. He's also a fan favorite, like Gollum. Like yeah, so I I wait popular. for him in every film, and then then after I had seen that one, I some I somehow got into the story. And yeah. followed it, fascinating. And this Martin Freeman, I like <laughs> him. I like him. He's, <laughs> he's the hobby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's the Hobbit. He was a very nice Hobbit. <laughs> really, a, a very a charis- charismatic figures, full, mm. full of them. And so when I finished this one, I start to look at the next one, next Hobbit. But it was not the Smaug, this <laughs> dragon. It was the third one, the the last one. No? The Battle of Five Armies. What? So, yeah, the battle of the five armies. Whoa, what battles and what army. I was already into this all, and only so, here and there I remember that, oh, these are the funny characters. <laughs> mostly I love it. I still love it. And then, so I took it seriously, and I went to library and took the first ones. So the Lord the, of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings. And suddenly I'm watching the one where I was sleeping 15 years ago and it's, uh, I was not sleeping anymore. <laughs> I like it. I like it very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you said like that it was kind of... A, it, it, it started right away after the Battle of Five Armies. Like it, Oh, it was nice. I Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. I recommend it to everybody. No, when you look at the five armies, and in the end Gandalf is gone, he he's coming to this Hobbit is coming home, mm. and he's getting old. And so I watch. Mm. I went into the first Lord of the Rings, and there Gandalf is coming to this Hobbit. 
was it on the first? I, I mix up them. But anyway, after that, it started. It's kind of a circle where it went, no? Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and then you it's see... It's like a ring, like a circle. Yeah, and then you see like Martin Freeman, who, is, who plays Bilbo, he's like old in the beginning of Lord of the Rings, like the birthday party that they're having in Fellowship of the Ring is yeah. it's it's supposed to be but he's Martin, not Freeman. Martin Freeman. Anymore. No, no, no. Yeah, he's he's the other guy who was. He... Yeah, he was not so charismatic. I <laughs> love this Martin Freeman. <laughs> yeah, I got into this. Yeah. I got into it, and very strange, isn't it? So that's mm. my story. You know, it happens the same thing for me. Like um, I remember when it came out, the movies. And everybody was talking about Tolkien, and it was a huge, big thing. Which, when, when, when which, the, what they were talking? When the original Lord of the Rings came out, when I was a teenager, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody I, was talking about Tolkien and about the movies and about Lord of the Rings, and everybody read the books. You know, like <laughs> teenagers, everybody, yeah. like I accept, yeah, yeah, like yeah, and I, I didn't even. I didn't read, read the books and I, I wasn't really into fantasy books or something. I, I, I was just reading all kind of books in general, you know, like yeah, um, that were interesting and stuff. Uh, I think maybe the closest to a fantasy book that I wrote, uh, read was like The Neverending Story or something. But... No, I think you, you, I remember in that age when you were reading, in the evenings you were reading me books, no? Mm. So... That was what you remember. It was, for instance, this uh, serial cartoon of of the Holocaust mouse. Ah, yeah, yeah, this kind of books. Yeah, I was. Vladik, in... what was his name? Art Spiegelman. Yeah, Art Spiegelman. We it was. I still remember it for, with fond memories. This mm. when we were reading, you were reading to me this Vlad, this Holocaust stories by. Spiegelman, and yeah. then after that you read Don Quixote, A La Mancha, uh, the Spanish book, you know, the original. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I never read it. It's like Lord of the Rings, you know, it's like <laughs> somebody going uh, going in adventure. Yeah. It's a very good book and we had fun times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, but it, I, I haven't read a lot of the rings and stuff and... But of course, when I when the, when the movies came out and everything, I was really in, interested in it, and I was like, "Oh, these are really good movies. They are really fun adventure movies." So, like, uh, also maybe the the books will be also really nice to read. And I and I took the first book, Fellowship of the Ring, and it, it the exact same thing happened to me as you. Like, it it wasn't the first page, but it was just the beginning. Like. I, I couldn't get over it. It was so boring. It was so... It's the same thing it's... happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I heard from friends that um, that this is actually a very common thing, apparently, that the, the beginning of The Fellowship of the Ring, the first book, it's, it is really boring. And everybody struggles with that. Because it's uh -huh. the birthday party of the Bilbo. And it goes on and on and on. And it's just this birthday party. And... It's kind of introducing the world and the, the Hobbit characters, and it's, it just takes its time to build up this, you know, everyday life, like in, in, during this birthday party or something. But then, when the birthday party is finished, 
the adventure really starts and then it's just it's it's a it's a it's a ride it's, you know it's an adventure you know yeah like yeah. like how marty freeman in the hobbit goes yeah let's go to an adventure you know it's it really kicks off you know the whole thing it needs so, the charismatic figures in the yeah movie. so so it, it 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 requires for you a patience to just get through the birthday party in the first of the people and then 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 people say that it really it really takes you with you and and, and I just never got over it. I just never get over the birthday party and that. And... But you know that you now you have the book about the dragon, the smoke. It's a draw. Yeah, you have it in yeah, Finnish. Which is called Positive. the Hobbit. Yeah, it's called the Hobbit. Yeah. And it's uh, drawn. Pictures are drawn by Tuve Jansson. Yeah, it's the, the Moomin drawer. Yeah, it's the Finnish famous Finnish artist who drew the Moomin. Uh, who made the moving characters? I don't know if uh, uh, I think everybody should know the movies and stuff, but it uh, moving. Yeah, moving. It, yeah. In Finnish, it's moving. In English, it's moving. And in Belgium, for example, I don't hear. It's very random if if people heard about moving or not. Some people are really into moving, like yeah, of course I know moving, but some is like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, she drew the Hobbit, the Sma the dragon, the Smaugen. That book. So going back to the Lord of the Rings, like uh, the whole, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy has a very special uh, place uh, in my evolution with movies and how I love, uh, came to love movies. Um, because I, I already, by on that time, of course, I was, I was really into movies and I watched like movies every day and stuff like this um, with you a lot. And um the but when when the lord of the rings came out and i remember it was a very big uh it was a very big movie event you know it was the whole trilogy came out i think in like three year times and it was it was really an amazing three years of adventure of expecting the next uh part in the series and going on to this epic fantasy uh, uh adventure and stuff like this and uh you know, I wasn't really that much into it, actually, to be honest. Everybody was oh. talking about them and stuff, and of course it was the big movies like Star Wars or anything like this, but I wasn't really, you know, to be to be honest, I didn't really understand the whole movie that much. I was really, like, I really loved the whole quality of filmmaking and the, like, the, 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 the adventure of it, but... I, I wasn't really a fantasy guy. I wasn't really like um, uh, it was like any other really good movie, you know. Yeah. Um, I but just like for example, some other kind of fantasy uh, fans or something, they would really dive into it and explore the mythology of the Lord of the Rings and the world building and the language, like you said, the elfish and stuff like this. Uh, but I didn't go into that. But then, in another way, something weird happened. Is that um, I got a hold of from a friend. I got a hold of this, um, like a DVD set of Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. When it uh, like a little bit after of the theatrical release, they will they they release these extended versions, which are like. Um, 20 minutes longer than the original movie with deleted scenes. Aha, uh -huh, like know? director's copy. copy. 
yeah, director's cuts, basically. Yeah. They extend, they put more scenes and they talk a little bit more like, you get a little bit more information about characters and stuff like this. Yeah. And, um, but, but what was interesting is that in this DVD set, there was a huge amount of extra, like, behind the scenes material. You know, like, mm. there was a lot of, like, um, uh, there was, like, these mini documentaries about how they made the wardrobe or even just about horses in that movie. Ah, so those are the ones I borrowed from the library, you know. They have that. I am, okay. Well, it, it was like... Yeah, it, but I, I didn't watch them. I just watched this. Uh, yeah, well, like, it was like... A, the, I, I remember it was like five CDs or something, five DVDs full of documentaries of uh, yeah. just about making the movie. And, and, and every, like, one documentary was just about just like about horses or wardrobe or uh, set building or about characters, about Gollum and, you know, and yeah. they would go really in depth about the uh, showing how they made everything and stuff. And this was like my break breakthrough in, in uh -huh. movie, in movie uh, uh, watching as a movie cover was like to to really be able to go behind the scenes and to really explore the filmmaking process itself. And I was totally fascinated. This was, for me, a huge, like, uh, um, like moment of, like, realization of, of how, how exactly they were. And I was really mesmerized about the details of when they went into it. And this really, like... So, so for me, the Lord of the Rings itself, the mythology, is not wasn't that that amazing but instead the filmmaking itself these movies as uh, yeah, as yeah. as as part of just filmmaking itself are phenomenal for me you know they were a really big influence for me and um and i still hold that you know those documentaries are for me even better than the movies uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, I, I love those extras and I I could I, I just would like to buy those DVD sets just for the documentaries and stuff like this. And yeah. it was just amazing to be part of all that. And even even now when The Hobbits came out years later, I would... Uh, Peter Jackson did these um, uh, behind-the-scenes diaries, video diaries, basically. Oh, he published yeah. uh, videos on online of him making the movies and stuff. And even those, again, were much more interesting than, than the movie itself for me. So it was really the moment for me uh, watching movies when I really stepped kind of behind the camera and started to really explore how movies are made. Before that, I just loved the movies as an audience and as a viewer, but a lot of the rings made me love the, the process of making movies. Yeah. You know, for me was the, the knowledge that I think they are filmed in New Zealand. So yeah. I haven't been to New Zealand, but it looks wonderful place, really something fairy tale. It's like a, like the land. It's like true for Lord of the Rings. And <laughs> then they have the castles there, you know, these crazy castles where you go even deep into the ground and all kinds of things. And I never could, I tried to look when I was watching the movie, what is really in New Zealand and what is done, and I can't differ. <laughs> I can't, you know, it looks to me like it's all there in New Zealand, anytime I go there. Yeah. 
even yeah, well, the dragons yeah. and the devils and everything. Yeah. You know? Well, for example, like um, the you know the the Shire, where the yeah. hobbits live. You know, it was actually built. It's a real location where there is real houses for Did the hobbits. Did they leave it? Yeah, they left it like that. And now uh -huh. it's a, now it's a, a tourist attraction. Like you can go there the... and and look at how the hobbits live and stuff. You know, it's, uh, they really made it. What about the castles? These two towers. You know, the castles where they were fighting. <laughs> and are they there too? No, I don't think those are uh, actually there. They they combine like. Uh, uh, like on location areas where they are like real places, or and then like these you know closed set build buildings where either Is somewhere. It, yeah, this Victor like they... Mortensen he was fighting on the balustrade, there, you know, on the walls of the castle with his sword. <laughs> he looks like Bond. <laughs> <laughs> And then the fascinating was in the deep in the inside the ground they are doing those fire business they are making new warriors you know from mud and things and yeah like the new humans. race what it was a new race of creatures yeah and they make them like... from mud and fire and things <laughs> yeah who could invent such and how they look like? No, the evil ones really look evil in that film. And the good <laughs> ones look really good, like Orlando Bloom. And so well, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. basics are basics. Yeah, it's very polarized. You know, it's it's the evil and the good. And there's the Sauron yeah. who is an evil person. Like there's just nothing good about Sauron. Like his whole existence appears to be just to be evil and to rule the world and stuff. Yeah, and so... only one of them you remember is both. Like it's this Christopher Lee. He 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 always looks like the bad one in the films. You know, he's good. But he was, yeah. But he was a bad guy in the movie. Yeah, but in the beginning, you know, when I, I first of first time when he's mentioned, he's mentioned mm. by this uh, beautiful wizard, this this Gandalf, and he mm -hmm. says that he, he will go to his teacher to ask for advice or something, and that's the teacher is this Christopher Lee who turned to be bad suddenly. It was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was Gandalf's teacher who was a good one. Yeah, he was a white wizard, like. But but uh, yeah. the thing is, like, we we just hear about him, but then when he, we see him straight away, he's, bad, yeah. he's already bad. He's like, there's he's no already. good. He's yeah. there's no good moments for him, and even later on, and I'm kind of a bitter about that this, but uh, because I, we, I'm a huge Christopher Lee fan, but yeah. so uh, when when the Hobbit came out, they. It, it, I don't think it was even in the original book or anything. They just kind of wrote Christopher Lee into it, like his character into the Hobbits, into the first movie, The Unexpected Journey. And so he just appears. There's this moment when they, the elves are talking, remember? Um, like like Kate Blanchett uh, and, and Ian McKellen and Christopher Lee all talk yeah. to each other about something evil coming up or something. And uh, so Christopher Lee appears, and he's at this moment he's supposed to be still the good guy. Yeah. Because this happens before the Lord of the Rings, before Sauron and stuff. Maybe, or maybe, maybe in the background Sauron <laughs> already has him, or something. who knows? I don't care. But yeah. um, uh, so, but in that in that scene, he's a real asshole. 
Christopher yeah. Lee. Like he's he, not a he good is. guy. He's he he's all the time criticized. Yeah, he puts down uh, Gandalf as like, oh, you fool and stuff like this. And and I was really kind of uh, disappointed that you know they didn't even give any more than that. He was just there to they stand didn't for. They give him a chance. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, he just stand there for a while and just. Uh, Put down Gandalf, and that's it. And then, and that that was his time in the Hobbit. Like the the he, you you saw the two towers, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, and he, and he, so so yeah. Spoilers, you know. Like he he dies in two towers, like yeah, at yeah. the end, uh, or was it in the beginning of Return of the King? Now I don't remember. But anyway, who dies? Uh, Christopher Lee, the White Wizard. Uh, I haven't seen him dead, so I haven't oh, yeah, seen it, Return of the, the Kings. Yeah, so it, it, it doesn't matter to because it's they in, are also fantastic. So anyway. yeah, so it's in the beginning of Return of the King, and it's a really nice death. It's a good good way to kill Christopher Lee, and and, oh, and no. I think he was very I, I think he was very pleased by it. it's a very Christopher Lee type of death, you know that uh -huh. that. Okay. Uh, like, like uh, it goes into very much in his uh, history with uh, with the vampire movies and all of this stuff. But, um, um, but, but so he died in the two towers, and then they made the new the Hobbit movies, and they resurrect him basically. They bring him uh, back back from the dead, you know, to make a new Hobbit movie, and then they don't give anything to him. Like I was really a lot of a lot of characters uh, die in those films and they come back alive like for instance Viggo Mortensen also fell from the cliff and then comes this Liv Tyler yeah. the big fairy and raises him to life yeah yeah uh, actually, wonderful this is, wonderful yeah. <laughs> but you know uh, this is an interesting point that um, that I've been uh, there's always some really nice discussions going around the Lord of the Rings movies, and this is one that I like to sometimes ask people: is that? So, have you heard about the Game of Thrones, the TV series? Um, I heard the name. That's all. Yeah. So, the, the this is another fantasy story, uh, fantasy, a series of fantasy books and stuff written by uh, I think George Martin, something like this. I don't, I don't really remember. And he had this interesting like uh, comment that he said about death in fiction yeah. like about how characters die and stuff like this and he he commented on uh, Lord of the Rings in the first book or movie Fellowship of the Ring where because Gandalf dies he falls into this pit with this lava monster yeah and stuff like this and uh, yeah. yeah it's not there like you said also yourself like it's not really a surprise that he comes back you know he's He's... Yeah, I didn't worry a moment. I knew he'll come. On yeah, the... you... just the right time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly like you say. You, you even expect him to come back and stuff, and uh, and he, he, indeed he comes back as the White Wizard and stuff. Ah, and, yeah, 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 and it's not really totally explained how he comes back. It's it's basically magic. Yeah, know? yeah. And um, George Martin said that there, there was um, uh, by bringing Gandalf back, Tolkien made a very big mistake because if if you if you uh, kill a character in fantasy, let's say, and you then suddenly bring this character back because of magic, because of something, 
like kind of like suddenly he's able to come back as the white wizard or something then you basically erase you you eliminate the threat of death because if uh, one, if yeah, one yeah. character come back as a bit magic whatever mm. then w- what prevents any character from coming back as magic so whenever it dilutes you the idea exactly so when you then read a character dying you can be like oh well he give, he probably comes back as with magic you know and george martin said that because he he when he wrote this his own game of thrones books i don't remember what they are called or stuff but uh, he's very known for killing off characters like like flies you know oh. he has a lot of characters in his stories and it's it's kind of he's kind of notorious of with with his killings you know like like uh, readers are actually very careful to attach to certain characters because they can just die on the second page you know uh. you know it's it you can never know who who survives and who doesn't uh-huh. So imagine like Gandalf or Frodo just dying suddenly, and that's it, and the story goes on. But what then? You know, the story adapts to that and stuff. So George Martin adapted the more realistic approach, where if there is a threat of death, it's a real threat, and it real really you know haunts over top of you, and there is a real outcome to yeah. these things. And in you know, in Lord of the Rings. This or Hobbit or something. I don't know. It's all mixed with. But this uh, Martin Freeman, you know, the old Hobbit, he he like he announces that I'm going to die. Yeah, Bilbo. Um, yeah. Yeah, in his birthday it was something like that. I'm going to. But then he just disappears with the ring, and then yeah. he goes on a journey. And later he's found in that fairy place. <laughs> and so that's very nice, I think. That's a nice way of disappearing and saying, now I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and in general, like the, the fairies, you mean the elves, basically. Um, the, the elves, they are like immortal or something. They don't really die, but they do retire to this distant island. Yeah. It's yeah, kind yeah. of a very... Creek is mythological thing where they retire to this Avalon or somewhere. You know, I like... think that Liv Tyler was a fairy and she, <laughs> the father told her don't go into mortality but go into, so she disappeared because I was so surprised to see her after I had seen Hobbits first. I saw her Hobbits mm. first. So Kate Blanchett was very nice there and everything but there was no Liv yeah. Tyler. And then suddenly Liv Tyler is in front of my eyes. I thought, Hoo-hoo, she also. And so she was a really nice fairy. Yeah, <laughs> she, she, she has a voice of an elf, you know. She really yeah, speaks this very very subtly, very cute little voice. And it's very fitting mm, yeah. and stuff. And you, by the way, you know, like, um, because we, Meryl really likes Lord of the Rings. Like, she's, uh, she's really into these movies. And we, we kind of occasion, like, we have, like, a... Uh, uh, how do you say? Um, uh, yearly? Sessions? Yeah, like we have a yearly, at least one time when we watch all of the movies. You know, like we 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 even listen to the soundtrack. It, it has a very distinctive, very classical soundtrack uh, where we can very good, very good soundtrack, and we we like to listen to it. Who made it? Uh, was it James Horn or something? I'm... They didn't get any Oscar or something? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't remember. I think so. Um, it's they were of... maybe on a, on. A... Yeah, Fellowship of the Ring and the Return of the King both got an Oscar for their soundtrack. The soundtrack of oh. Lord of the Rings is really like classic. It's really like you can when when you hear it, you can really distinctly like uh, uh, distinct all the like separate themes of all the characters and moments and everything it's really brilliantly like created because like he had the whole whole middle earth to score you know like make music for all middle earth and how to and and he came up with this idea of like making these kind of themes of different things and then he can kind of evoke certain uh moments and themes that come up when 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 you want a certain emotion or you so when for example when the hobbits at the side, they all have their Hobbit music, and then when you want to yeah. have this 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 emotional moment of Hobbits, where for example when they are in the two towers or at the Mordor in the Return of the King, and you they um, they, they 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 start talking to like the the um, uh, Sam and Frodo start talking about oh Frodo, do you remember the Shire? You know, I wish we would be back at the Shire, <laughs> drinking those beers and eating potatoes and smoking pipes and stuff. And then, you know, in the background, you can hear the Shire team rising up um, and there's this nostalgia suddenly, you know, yeah. even the audience goes back to the Shire with this music and, 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 and you, you, it's this, you know, folkies, you know, this, do, 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 you know, like a hobbit and, and it's, yeah. it, it brings this emotion. So, can I ask you? Which film is this soundtrack now you are talking about? It's... In the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring or The Return of the King? Uses the same music for all of the trilogy. I notice it in the... You know, because normally I don't like in the films that they bring me to the moods of... That now we are supposed to be sad, and now we are supposed to. Be... But here, I think it fits very well. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's the same. You know, it's world. like in in Star Wars when you see Darth Vader, and and you see Star Vader, and then you hear dun, 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 yeah, yeah, dun. It's yeah. the theme of Darth Vader, and you know, okay, yeah. now Darth Vader comes. Even if you cannot see him, if you hear the music, you know, okay, this is Darth Vader comes. It's not really yeah. about oh, now you have to be sad. Now, it's more associative. Yeah, yeah. It's about you thinking about Sire because you hear the music exactly. of the Sire. You are in the same moment as the mm. as the characters. It's it's like I I think that it, maybe it's because in this kind of films, which are not supposed to be a real life film, like about your whole real life, so they are kind of fairy tales. So there, it fits such music that you get into the moods. It's it's really good. It's wonderful. It's filmmaking. It doesn't necessarily anything to do with real life or fiction or something. It's it's filmmaking. It's about how to connect with characters in general. You know, like you can make all kind of music. You don't have to. If you if it's real life, then you, why do you even have music? Because you don't have music in real life around you. What yeah, is soundtrack? Some directors, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, like so, yeah. So it's 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 just film. Like you yeah. have Sicario and you have music in the background. What the hell? Where does this sound came from? That's why Tarantino, when he made uh, Reservoir Dogs, all every single music in, that you can hear in that movie comes from a radio. 
it always there's always music only if there is a radio and it uh, comes yeah. from the radio it's all the pop songs yeah, yeah. from the 50s you know there's a, even the steve wright does this uh, brilliant anchor voice uh, introducing every song and on all of this yeah. uh, in the little blue bag and stuff like this and and there's this new movie uh, by um, um, uh, another Wright. I don't know. Just Stephen Wright. Somebody Edward Ed, Edward Wright. Something like this. Um, what was his name? Yeah. Um, Edward Edward Wright called Baby Driver, which is a a real car chase movie, you know. In this movie, the, the idea is that the main character is called Baby, which is why it's called Baby Driver. Um, uh, he He's uh, tone deaf or something. Huh. It's like he has a really, like... Uh, no, 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 it's not tone deaf. Uh, he has a condition where he's all the time hearing a ringing. Oh. Like, like if, if, there, if uh, he... It's it's a real condition or something uh, based, uh, but it's it's kind of like something that you in the ear um, there's all the time this ringing and it's really uh, distracting stuff. So he has to all the time listen music or melodies to to help him focus and concentrate. Oh, you know it's it's um, like melodies help. You know if if you all the time hears music or something in the background, it helps you because otherwise if it's just dead silent it's like this ringing or something and it's really powdery so nice oh, yeah. so he's all the time has this ipod this mp3 player in his ear and he's he he learned he grew up in life learning to make these mixtapes of music that he has in his uh, player um so he's literally walking around with his own soundtrack uh -uh. you know like like he all the time puts the correct type of music accommodating like what kind of situation is happening so mm. so the whole movie is constructed in a way that that it's like full of these action scenes and everything and when he starts like driving he has to put like music on in order to be able to focus but so that then, sounds very interesting this is interesting this is this Wonderful. is a real you this know is a real happens. way of life making soundtracks and stuff so the whole movie is an amazing uh choreography of music and action together where everything and comes to and, and people are talking up that this is a masterpiece and, and i really you want know, to see it and... i want to say that it's <sighs> i see it every day this movie there in the movie theater when i pass by in the baby driver yeah, in shopping center, baby driver. And I thought that, oh, what an idiotic film. It must be a baby who is driving there. <laughs> and nobody explains what the, until now. Now when you explain it, it's really interesting. I want to see this film. But I would never go to see a film with this, um, just a baby driver. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Exactly wrong impression and nobody says anything <laughs> how i'm supposed to know this? Uh, exactly uh, wonderful yeah wonderful. well yeah it's one of my most anticipated movies of the whole year i really i can't wait to see this movie i, I love it it's now going there and i pass by every day and i think it's for young or 10 years old or something to look at some baby driver no. yeah you should go and yeah. see it but, sure uh, i have to go and see it but 
You know, I now I want to to say something here. No, mm -hmm. about what I meant really about this uh, music in the movies when it's so boring to me sometimes. When there's a no, there's an average movie where there's a sentimental story of some, you know, like this lion or something. You no, know, where the boy is disappearing or a mother is dying. So suddenly they make this sentimental music. Oh, the mother is dying. <laughs> so it's so boring. I want to shut immediately up this. Yeah, it uh, is. It and is. they don't leave me, yeah, yeah, myself, yeah. to think if I'm sad or not. They yeah. want to tell me now you're supposed to be sad. I hate that. Yeah, I but, understand. Yeah. But this doesn't happen here in Hobbit and in Lord of the Rings. I like it. Mm. So that was my point. Yeah, I understand. I didn't want to aggravate anybody. Yeah, I understand. At least probably all you. I understand. No, no, no. Yeah, so you understand what sometimes they do that really silly. I know. I, I just, I went to the movies. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I went mm -hmm. to the movies and I saw it just recently and there was, a, again, there was these moments, you know, where there's sad moments and then a sad music and I was, it, it, these days it's such a obvious thing, you know, like I, I kind of have an automatic reaction of being like, yeah, whatever, you know, like I cannot, yeah. if they use that music, I cannot totally, it, it distracts me more these days, but um uh, the movie was still really good and it, it, the, the emotional stuff was uh, so good that uh, the music didn't distract me too much. I was still really, really uh, committed to these emotions and stuff. So, well, so we agree that the music, in fact, is very important, the way it's done in the movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's really yeah. a huge part of Or not of the, done. Uh, yeah, and, and in, in Lord of the Rings, it's definitely not... Um, uh, hidden. It's not an invisible. Yeah. Not uh, hidden. No. So, like I said earlier, is that you, uh, the fantasy genre is not really your your cup of tea. Like you, you have never really liked watching fantasy movies uh, in your life. Yeah. No. No. It's not for me. Even the books. Yeah. Not. I can't stand that somebody invents a language and goes and fairies and business. And and, and is is that the reason? Like that you. That you, you just don't like it that they make this imaginary world and stuff like this, you know, like... You, yeah, it's you... not real. I like real things. Not like, I mean, what is real, if you think philosophically, but... Yeah, uh, like Sarah No, Mago. about life. Like, like Sarah Mago's uh, novels, like they have been talking about his um, novels and stuff. Like, they are very surrealistical sometimes. Like, they are kind of ima reimaginations of a world situation or something. That was real. But do you uh, mean which that novels? Jose Saramago's novels? Oh, yeah. But, but, do but you he mean talks like... about real life, I think, all the time, even if he invents things. It's yeah, like... So... A... Uh. Yeah. So, 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 so anyway... So, but the, the difference is that, that Saramago's, like, even though they are surrealistic or philosophical, they still... Um, um, they happen in real life. Like yeah, they the talk planet. about... Yeah, real life, I think. But, but on the other hand, this Hobbit business also talks about real life. Yeah, it's a, that's the point. Like, like, like we, we already went through this in, in, in science fiction movies. Like we, we talked about Arrival and we talked about how science fiction can, doesn't have to go into outer space. It can stay on Earth. It can talk about Earth, but it can 
talk about it in a science fictional way, you know. Um, yeah. So cannot cannot you also like see like the fantasy genre, um, like like Lord of the Rings or something else that it's kind of you know it's meant to reflect our real world in a way. Yes, you know, I I think maybe I got into this Hobbit world, and I start to like it through some this fantasy. Like I, I saw before some time ago, this Mio, my son Mio, yeah. the book from Astrid Lindgren. So it it's been made a movie, and I think Christopher, no, Christian Bale act is acting in it. Yeah, I think it was like his first movie or something. He was a boy there. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. really good. He was much better than the this uh, Mio actor. <laughs> yeah. This boy. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, really yeah, yeah. fantastic. And it was yeah. interesting because it was a Swedish production. It was a Swedish yeah, it movie. Yeah, was Swedish production. And, and I think it was like yeah. it because it was a children movie that came out. Was it like in the seventies? Ah, I don't remember now. Yeah. And so it was dubbed in different places. Like I, I remember when I was a child, I grew up. I, mm. I, I I remember asking you multiple times, like uh, because you worked next to the library, uh, yeah. to to always bring me the Mio Min Mio movie uh, because I loved it so much. It was one of my favorite fantasy yeah. movies when I grew and up. I, and... I I think it's kind of international uh, film. It has has a Russian director also, and then Christian oh, yeah. Bay and yeah, but what I wanted to say is that it was uh, it was dubbed in Sweden, so it's kind of weird to see Christian Pale in his first movie as a young kid, but he's, he speaks Swedish and stuff. It's no, a very, very weird movie in that sense. Like, oh, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't I think remember it. Was, it yeah, and, and it looks like it was shot in Swedish forest and it, it has a very... Like there was also the other uh, Lindgren movies, the... The, um, the brother Lionheart was it yeah. in English, and then the the Ronia, the the daughter of the thief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good story. Really, all, yes, he has yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. And and they're all shot in the Swedish forest, and and it has it has this really real atmosphere. Like I, I love those movies just for the nature, just for the yeah. environmental set pieces and stuff. They are really really beautiful movies. But so. Anyway, I, this Mio, my son Mio, it's uh, it, it's a child, children movie, and I look at it now as a grown-up woman. I enjoyed it enormously, enormously, really now, I and it, it's I I feel it like they have this um, eternal, real, real eternal uh, human, hum, humanic yeah. spirit. Yeah, isn't it like Not some, this, I don't know how to say it. Isn't it like uh, uh, it, it sounds like a lot like how you would describe fairy tales. Uh, which one? It, it it sounds like a lot like how you would describe fairy tales. Yes. So this kind this was my example and it brought me I think to hobbits. Yeah, so like it's the that, same uh, kind of human spirit there. Yes, yeah. yeah so, like in that regards, like you can kind of see that because we could say that the fairy tales have a very strong psychological um, history in the human psychology, like um, 
yes, evolution yeah. and stuff. And and so like when you see like a movie or a, like Mio Mi Mio that really takes a lot that fantasy element and stuff and kind of you could so it's kind of and it like lives kind of somewhere between the fairy tales and the fantasy and maybe you can say that fantasy genre is a kind of evolution from those fairy tale ideas like kings and queens and dragons and it, it takes a lot of these this very deep psychological uh, symbolism yeah. of human civilization, like let's say dragons, which is a very, very deep uh, archetype inside of us, I, you could say, like yeah. if, if, if we talk in a Jungian psychology or something like this. Um, and, and then I, they kind of reform it and they tell a story through that. It's kind of a yeah, modern, yeah. modern fairy tale narration in a way. Yeah. I also think that we are all princes and kings, no? Yeah, and isn't you... that what Lord of the Rings is kind of all about? Like we have uh, Aragorn, who is the chosen, you know, the king who is lost and he has to come and claim his throne. Yes, and, and, and the and... swords are in very important. Yeah, like in The Hobbit. Wow. That, that's why I like The Hobbit movie, the first one I liked a lot. Because it has this this very strong um, psychological elements, like the the sword, for example. Yeah. The sword plays kind of a very strong uh, detail in it. In, in the, it opinion. is, yeah, and yeah. I like it. It's in a kind of a very positive way. Yeah. With, yeah. Exactly. Um, and also the hobbits, but hobbits are kind of a new thing, I think, from all the kinds of. Uh, fantasy things they they are so innocent and good they are really not bad <laughs> and they are very, very strong big characters even if they are small in body yeah yeah exactly and the whole like Lord of the Rings is I that's one thing that I like a lot about it is that the central hero character is Frodo who is uh, basically completely useless as a warrior and like like you could, it's actually it's really funny to watch Lord of the Rings trilogy and see how many times Elia Wood stumbles and drops and uh, gets stabbed and and we have this like regular recurring joke like I'm all the time laughing when I see Elia Wood as Frodo in the Lord of the Rings because he gets so much stabbed and hit all the yeah. time because he's he just he's just a little hobbit you know, like in this huge, dangerous adventure and stuff, and all the other characters, they are like these big warriors and stuff. But I, I think that for me it happened by by chance because I saw the first film I saw was this uh, unexpected journey, the first Hobbit film. Yeah, that was yeah. my first. So for me, the the essential Hobbit is Martin Freeman. <laughs> yeah. What you can call an essential hobbit is is yeah. not Frodo, it's Bilbo. Yeah, that's funny because because for the rest of the people like who who saw Lord of the Rings when it came out, Elia Wood, Elia Wood, yeah, I think yeah. Elia like, Wood, he was the, the definition. He was the, the stereotype of of the real like hobbit and and but I totally understand it because Martin Freeman was a perfect cast. He's, he he does amazing work 
And and I think that in the story he was the older one than Frodo, and he gave his house to Frodo when he left. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, he's the essential hobbit. And I understand <laughs> the whole paradox of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that, that I think that that says a lot about how in what in what order do you see movies? You know, like because your expectation and your your view and kind of opinion how you approach movies really uh, strongly shapes in which order you have seen like what movie comes after another because then you yes. see then you always like you you automatically make this kind of bridges you know and this like straight line connection oh this movie from this movie and from this yeah. movie even if you don't want to and even if you try to be rational about yeah. the production years and stuff but still you had the first impression like for example that's why i think you know because uh, also lord of the rings has a very strong tie in with uh, books you know the tolkien books and it was uh, yeah. a very hard thing it, for the fans of the book when the movies came out to to go and see the movies and you know be kind of uh, to be able to emerge in this peter jackson vision because yeah. every single mm-hmm. one who read the books had their own vision of the world. Yeah, so, you know, and, it must have been. Yeah. And and if it's fantasy genre, that's very hard because you can you usually in fantasy novels you you create very rich worlds. You know, you, you the, the the writers and narrators describe all the interesting, imaginative, magical details of the world, and then you can really fulfill it in your heads and that's really the why why a fantasy i think one reason why fantasy genre is so popular and why why yeah, i started to read more and more of it because you mm. can really dwell into this and it was really it's a hard thing when then you know you have a movie and it's like this one type this is how yeah. Gollum looks like and it's yeah but this thing single it out the, what what you just said about that what what you see first is the forming thing in your mind about the series so uh, the serial like so <laughs> what do you call it I don't know yeah, yeah. so anyway I've seen lately I they in in the summer they show on television always these Bond movies no so I've seen some Sean Connery now because uh, mm. Vincent made me interested in the. Yeah, no, I never cared about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I never made was so interested, but Vincent made me, and now I see in different eyes the bones. Mm. No, I take it more seriously. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think it's very hard with Sean Connery because he he himself takes it so lightly and funny. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, it's it's another way to see it, and no. I have seen it, those bonds, I haven't seen them in order. I've seen Daniel yeah. Gregg, I think, yeah. first, and all this. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. The Bond series is interesting because they, they how they started to do it is that they, there is not really a strong connection. And you can see them, they're all like reincarnations of the same concept yeah, same. in a way. But, yeah. but of course, it, 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 in that case, it still takes a huge... A huge part in, for example, if you grow up in the 90s and you see the Pierce Brosnan movie, whatever. Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. I cannot say his name right now. Yeah. When you see the 90s Bond movies, 
you you can have a very interesting first impression of of, of a Bond, which can be very different than you know, and you you might be like, ah, I don't want to see Bond movies anymore if you don't but, like that. Yeah. But so. they have, you know, Bond films, I noticed now when I've been watching them and, and when we were talking about Hobbits, so I I um, uh, see the same kind of, uh, it, it, it has this thing there that there is very, evil is really evil, <laughs> and uh, good is really good, and yeah. so you have a straight lines between, <laughs> in both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's the that's the like it is it is extremely polarized. The good good versus evil uh, bits, but I think um, may, maybe Tolkien wants to keep that aspect as simple as possible, so he can create a very uh, more complex narration with the characters and and the and the, the relationships with the characters because. It was um, how I how I learned it is that it's like by by the time when Tolkien wrote the wrote the book is yeah. that it um, in that time in the fantasy books it was I if, if I understood correctly it was very you had elves and you had dwarves and you had humans and orcs and stuff but all and all of these races of different yeah. creatures they were all separated and they were all like very careful how to deal with each other and they didn't want to really get too close and they they wanted to be um yeah separated and um uh they and then when tolkien wrote lord of the rings i that it was apparently like kind of a revolutionary idea in the fantasy book that it a very new idea that it he combined them kind of he, he created the threat and evil and absolute evil that was beyond uh, all of all of the races which which forced the races to uh, to unite yeah because you can see it in the yeah. movies also like when they meet up in the first meeting in the fellowship of the ring meeting yeah. where they make the party um you can see that they are kind of hesitated of you know, and they they have little bits of like I think Legolas and the the dwarf guy um, Glim Grim Glim ah oh, now I don't remember his name the dwarf the big nice really yeah yeah dwarf. yeah I remember him yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of have a little bit uh, off putting relationship at first and but they they unite and then over time they become more friends and it, it is in, in a way this story tells uh, a story of how true. With, with the potential of diversity, we can overcome something that is a threat to everybody globally, yeah. you know, and that's a message that is kind of still still fits to us. You yeah, know? But, uh, you know that I I think I remember that in Mio, my son Mio, the real evil which he confronted was it in that or in the brother Lionheart? I think in Mio. The bad guy, the real evil, was Christopher Lee. Yeah, exactly. In the film. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I wanted to mention it, but I forgot. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? We are talking about Lord of the Rings and, and Mio in Mio, in which Christopher Lee has acted. And these are like, 
that it really shows that he's been around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's been and he, he's and, really good and, and, and he and he was yeah, he's a li little bit younger. He's he's he always looks old. As, <laughs> but, <laughs> except in, in Wickerman or something, but um but he's really old in that still like um but he I remember when I saw it and I was young, he was terrifying. I, I was so I was super scared of this this they 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 are kind of building up the character like the anticipation of seeing this character is more greater than finally confronting yeah, him and they all the time talking that his heart is made of stone you know and all yeah. these all these um, these figurative adjectives of how to describe this character they really build up and they really created this tension and. And, and, that, he, and that, he doesn't deceive anybody. He is really bad. Yeah, and, and and that's very much like the same way Tolkien does it with Lord of the Rings and Sauron, is that it's more about building up the evil, you know? Because we, mm -hmm. we very rarely see Sauron. You know, that was when I first saw it. Like, there's a lot of weird things about this story that I never really totally understood when I was younger. Which was, for example, that we, we never get to fight Sauron. Like yeah. we always fight his minions and stuff, and and he's supposed to be like a huge eye. Like what the hell? I don't like this is really weird. But but in the in the prologue in in the movie they they we see this actual evil warrior that. But I saw in one part, I saw this really nice guy, this Gandalf, <laughs> fight, fighting with this Christopher Lee. Yeah 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 Christopher Lee of course like we. Um, I was talking about the real bad guy, the one who I'm made the real bad guy. Yeah, the, who made the One Ring and ah no, like it's him no. And that's another weird thing about the Lord of the Rings is that I, um, I I never understood what what's the point of the ring really, you know. The ring is a I very... either This is the first thing I noticed in the beginning when I I saw it. That what is this? <laughs> they make uh, several rings, and then everybody has a ring. But then <laughs> this bad guy makes himself by himself suddenly the ring, which is the ruler of all the rings. <laughs> so if he knew how to do that, I didn't do in the beginning. <laughs> exactly, and, what, and if that's possible to do something like that, then why doesn't somebody make a better ring, like yeah. an absolute good ring that rules over the evil ring? If yes. we are able to just make rings like this, and, but but it's such a fantastic story <laughs> that we rather not think about it. Yeah, just go along. And, and fans and and I was trying to look at it on the internet and stuff like what like what's what's the deal with this sorrow and this ring? And people have their reasonings, like oh, it's because of this, you know, like you know, Sauron is like the oldest living creature in the world or something. Like he was one of the first to appear or something, I don't know. And and then basically it's magic, you know. It's just magic. You know, <laughs> and we, we don't we don't they don't they, in the Tolkien stories they don't explain magic so often. Like Gandalf just does magic, so who cares, you know? It's it's just the idea of it, you know, that's that's most important. And yeah. So uh, if we start to go on the, now to the end side of our podcast so yeah. we can say something light, maybe. Yeah. You know, go on the lighter side. So you know what I read in the 
just in the news someday here that there is um, in Australia there is um, is a competition on art, a stencil art. You know the stencil <laughs> art. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. there is a world stencil it, art prize yeah. in Australia. Well, and well, sorry, sorry. Uh, stencil art is kind of like if, if uh, somebody in the listen, listener don't understand it, it's like um, basically let's let's say you make from a cardboard, you make a you cut out like negative parts out, and then you put it on the wall, and then you spray it, and then you have this, you know, like you have a mask. Yeah, and also template. there can be a little round circles. A picture made out of little round circles, and you, like, like yeah, pop art or something like. What yeah, like in pop art, like like you, uh, and the, you spray on it, and you make. Uh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's a uh, kind of variation. So anyway, there was a Finnish guy who who is doing that, and he got into the, into the final, uh, in the competition. There's the final. Uh, Price like the, the best, uh, not the best, but the many of the best, and then from them they choose what you call yeah, it. Yeah, like so he got to be finalist. Yeah, he got to be a finalist. And can you guess what was his subject? <laughs> was it <laughs> when we talk about the hobbies? So uh, it's Christopher Lee. Oh. That's yeah, really nice. <laughs> I really hope that I don't know if it came mm. out yet uh, who won, but I really hope he wins. Oh, I would like to see. It. So, yeah, is, do you have yeah. a picture of it or something? No, only uh, they tell about this uh, Finnish oh. guy. He's called uh, Samuli Suonperä. <laughs> and, he makes, and... you know, he makes art which you like painting on the houses, uh. Uh, such things. Like. Yeah, and, and the whole know... walls of houses. And you don't know what what Christopher Lee role it is, or no? He just... made a, something about Christopher Lee, and I really hope to see that picture. And I hope he wins. Yeah, if, if we can find it, we will put it on the blog. Yeah, he he uh, this Christopher Lee got to be a kind of an icon. You no, know? not like a human being anymore. He's like a something <laughs> something icon. He's a legend. Yeah, yes. and then so, there was another news about uh, uh, Andy. This is this called uh, Andy Serkis. Yeah, yeah, the guy who played golf. Yeah, so he made a career. He really, I'm really happy yeah, for yeah. him, I, and he made it all by himself because he was he himself in the Hobbits. He started to. Nobody told him. He said it by himself. So now he's this uh, king of the apes or something in the ape. <laughs> in the <laughs> the yeah. war, war for the planet of the apes. So he's the leader of the apes. Yeah, he plays the and and he's really good. I I saw the two previous movies and he's really amazing. And... You've seen them? I yeah. only know, I've seen nothing. I know. And, and <laughs> he also played uh, King Kong. In the Peter Jackson King Kong, oh, really? <laughs> a gigantic ape, and he also played Captain Haddock in the Tan Tan movie. Oh, but yeah, but, but which uh, you mean that that the, the was a, an animation? Yeah, but so he, he was. It. 
he was the guy who was like playing it and then they animated they just oh. made him look like Captain Haddock but every every like it was animated but that was the whole idea in the tandem movies that everybody was played by somebody everybody's like uh, like the Tandan guy was Jamie Bell I think if I remember correct and yeah um, and all of this so it was really special like and, and, the, and this yeah. is a, like the Tan Tan movie it, it like they are all like direct evolution from what Andy Serkis did and and yeah he made the, and, a... and, and then like Steven Spielberg kind of continued after that I mean the brick friendly giant so he has really made a, a mark a change in, yeah. in a although I have to say it like uh, just for the record, like I still like still one of the like er, even earlier like breakthroughs in in character animation was with George Lucas in the in the Star Wars prequel uh -huh. in, the, in the Phantom Menace. There was this character called Jar Jar Pinks. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah, and it's like I don't know how to describe it. It's like weird alien. Yeah. Creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, him how he looked like. Yeah. And he, uh, I just heard that originally, uh, when it was like they were about to make this film and stuff, originally Michael Jackson was wanted to play Jar Jar Pinks. Oh, yeah. Michael Jackson, yeah. Nice. And he really wanted yeah. to do it, yeah. and he he would have done it, but George Lucas said no. He declined it. He said like, no, I don't want Michael Jackson to play it because for one, it would the whole movie would be about Michael Jackson playing oh, yeah. Jar Jar Pink. Uh -huh. So he didn't want it to be about that. He wanted to be about the story of the Jedi's and you know, like he doesn't he wouldn't want to, to distract audience too much with this Michael Jackson. And uh, he's and too famous. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah, obviously way too famous for this kind of role. And but now also, Andy Serkis is too uh, too and, famous. <laughs> yeah. But you cannot you cannot see him like that. That was the point. Like the Michael Jackson wanted to uh, use prosthetics. He wanted to use like a mask, like a uh -huh, yeah, you yeah. know, like a makeup that he just yes. looks weird and he would be charger pings, you know, and stuff like old school. But yeah. George Lucas said that this was he wasn't interested in this, uh -huh. and, he, and he knew that this kind of like full animated GGI digital characters would be much more popular and would start developing more that he wanted to explore that more into into it so he really wanted charter pinks to from the beginning to become like a fully digital character yeah. so because michael jackson was more interested in this makeup a more practical effect he, it sounds he declined so george yeah, lucas yeah. really was like even though the star wars prequels and phantom menace is not they are not the best movies, and I I wouldn't really even recommend it to to yeah. see if you are into if you want to go into Star Wars, but still Phantom Menace as a as a special effect movie, there is a lot of breakthroughs that were done in that movie still, and yeah. and, and and Andy Serkis' role as Gollum in is kind of an evolution from that basically you could say. But he changed history somehow, this Andy Serkis. Well, I, I would say, like, Jar Jar Pink was like a very early prototype. <laughs> like, oh, <a> very, <laughs> like something that we just, it's, a, it's more uh, belongs into a laboratory, <laughs> like Jar Jar Pink. But Andy Serkis, I, I would grant him that he made 
the first really totally fully realized animated character which was Gollum. Yeah. Like he really was there, you know. Yeah, he would get the Nobel Prize for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So exactly. now we start to end in the light, light part. Yeah. And the only thing I would like to say more is um, the very strange uh, uh, detail that uh, came to me that why is the ears in <laughs> In so many films and also in these hobbits that the fairies, for instance, they have the pointy ears. Why? Why do they make it? It's very understandable, of course, <laughs> that it's a part of a human body where you make a change that it's not human. No. Yes. Then they make it in the ears. You change the ears. <laughs> yeah, that's well. It's it's. You could say that it's a very easy place to to make a change. It's true. It's very weird, but it's 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 also very obvious. Like, like, would you like to have a pointy nose or a pointy uh, chin or a pointy yeah, head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ear is a very delicate place where you don't compromise the aesthetics of a human face, but you make this nice pointy yeah. ears, and it's very little yeah. bit alien, you know. It's a small change, but the real change. Yeah. Like you don't change the head to be a huge big or something. <laughs> you don't change anything but the like ears. A, like a cold. Yeah. Um, and it's very quaint. <laughs> it's quaint. It's beautiful. Yes, and that's what the elf elf is all about. It's it's mm. quaint. And and the, and the funny thing is that the point here they also use it in the sci-fi. Like in Star Trek they have this yeah. spock. Mm. Or yeah. and I don't remember what the species yeah, is yeah, supposed Dr. to be. Spock. Yeah, mm. but he has pointy ears, if I remember uh -huh. correct. So Spock and elves, fantasy and science fiction, they have very much similar. Yeah, in, in <laughs> yeah, in different worlds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's re really much fun. But now I think we have talked a lot about hobbits. Maybe yes. not enough, but anyway. Oh, oh. A lot. Did, did you did you already make some some points? the movies ah yes do you want, do you want you, to say it? we almost forgot to I'm say very it. ashamed to say it really <laughs> I am but I can't help it really that because you know I've been thinking lately that it's it's a lot depends not just the techniques of the film and, and how it's well done with all the uh, script and everything it's also the other things are involved like like uh, all these you know, with whom you watch and in what circumstances and what mood you are, all kinds. There are other things, personal, very personal. So it's not completely objective. Like, um, yeah, well, it's never objective. Never. You don't have to. It's worry. never, yeah, it's never objective. But uh, so I would give it a lot of stars. But anyway, in my, my list, these Hobbit films get three. All the Hobbits. Mm. Mm. But you haven't seen the Desolation of Smoky. No, but I, I, I suspect that I will always love the unexpected journey best. Ah, yeah, okay. So, yeah. so it would be more like the, the best one, which is unexpected journey, and that is kind of free. Yeah. So, so it's a maximum free. 
Yeah, maximum of three, and all of them I give three because they are not really my type of which I'm I'm fanatic about. But I enjoyed them immensely. I really must say that I love I love them. But I wouldn't go into a to dress like a hobby to something you don't know, <laughs> around like real fans do. I suspect. Yeah, yeah, certain fans. Exactly, cosplayers <laughs> and stuff like this. This is really cool. Um, I, uh, I'm not going to give now points because I've seen them all my life already, and it's, it's it, I, I don't really. I, it's very hard for me to rate it now. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 that's what I was talking about. You are one of them, which yeah, I'm talking about. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. You are um, like dressing as a hobby. Yeah, and well, for me, for sure, <laughs> the hobbies are in general a little bit less. In, in value, in a way, because a lot of the rings just kind of belongs into a certain period in childhood and they just feel kind of, they have this original energy and this this thematic power that the Hobbit doesn't have as a whole. The Hobbit as a whole, it lacks this same power, this same energy that mm. it, it's, it's um, it's more an afterthought. It's a uh, it's clearly something produced afterwards. Like okay, let's do something similar. And but Lord of the Rings was the first, and it was a really break groundbreaking achievement in a way. In, in like even like I said about the how how they are making it and how Peter Jackson like he literally at the end like at the last times of making the films he was like bicycling with, from one set to another to direct. All kind of different scenes at the same time, and it was it was crazy oh. how much work it, it's to be done in all these movies and stuff, and it's, yeah. it's just it's an amazing uh, it's amazing trilogy on on its on its whole. Did did he go into something else afterwards? Other films? Uh, yeah, he made after the trilogy. He made uh, kind of. A, yeah, kind of a weird movie, like a drama about serial killers, uh, about one uh, serial killer called Lovely Bones. Uh, nobody really liked it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he made King Kong. He uh, made, and I think then he made The Hobbit. But uh, yeah, I, I thought he's too tired to make anything anymore. And he has yeah, to be I tired, would say also, but... like, I, I think after The Hobbit, for sure, he's like, I'm. But it's incredible. He, Peter Jackson as a guy is such an incredible energy. I, yeah, um, he, he seems to be in, in film, into films. He's a passionate filmmaker. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to just finish up what I was saying so we can stop it. But still, I would say my, my all-time favorite, like, the, like my, my top pick for the, for the movies, like, which I would like, which I kind of like the best, as a movie, as an individual movie, and this might sound very weird to some people, but it was the first Hobbit movie, The Unexpected Journey, and the extended version of that. That was, for me, the best... Because fantasy, for me, is an adventure. It is a, it is a call to an adventure. It is, some, it is a gateway to a weird new world. And for me, The Unexpected Journey really put me into that protagonist I, I could be Martin Freeman you know I, I, I have a protagonist that I can be and I can um, 
co-author this adventure because mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings is more about the, the diverse party of characters and you can kind of choose who you are, you know. Like, ah, and you can cho- you want to choose to be Martin Freeman. Yeah, for me, okay, you can be Frodo, of course, and we are kind of Frodo from the beginning. Frodo's are always the main center of this, but Hobbit is such a more straight line, simple story, okay? We go and we, we, we have to uh, uh, capture the stone. That's the only plot. And then it just de- yeah. develops into something. But that's the first Hobbit movie, very simple story. Let's do it and it's wonderful. Just a wonderful uh, adventure. So I can also say to to the end, I I can say whom I like to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I yeah I I really like to be Gandalf. I <laughs> yeah I love and, and to why? make a help to help to everybody and to come to rescue and to <laughs> make miracles and with that beautiful hat and everything. Yeah, he's. I really yeah. love also. He's a dream. Yeah. But but I, I really don't like white Gandalf. I, I really like the grey Gandalf. And, and uh, the... I don't even pay attention to the white Gandalf. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I don't like. And and that was the first original <laughs> trilogy. That's the that's the bad thing that I don't like about them is that too there is too much white Gandalf. We only see grey Gandalf in the first movie, and then it's all white Gandalf. And I don't like one white Gandalf. But in the Hobbit, we have grey Gandalf all all around. All around. Grey Gandalf for everybody. Yes. So. Exactly. In the name of Grey Gandalf, we say goodbye <laughs> to yes. everyone and thank you. Yeah, we'll see thanks. you next time. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. PC Movie Club was hosted and produced by me, Aaron Belts, together with my mother Lisa. To learn more about our episodes, you can go to pcmovieclub.com and look up more content about our podcast. Like, for example, a detailed timeline discussed in its episodes and a summarized list for other movies we mentioned in case something caught your ear but you missed the title. Not to forget, of course, our amazing unique cover illustrations for every podcast done by either me or my mother. The music used in the opening theme and now in the background was done by Javier Suarez, who offers original music to be used in all kind of audio-visual projects under the Creative Commons license. Find out more at his website, betterwithmusic.com. Also, it would be super awesome if you would take some time to rate us on iTunes. And thanks again for listening.